Jesus said to the disciples, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Who here likes surprises? Okay, I guess that's a tough question to answer without knowing what kind of surprise. But there are some people who, as a rule of thumb, hate surprises. I'm not one of those people, but I know they exist because I'm married to one. (laughs) We all know that life can throw a number of bad surprises our way. On your way to work, you get a flat tire. Your septic tank backs up into the first floor of your house. Daycare calls and your child has a fever and needs to be picked up. The freezer breaks and now the meat is bad and the ice cream is melted. These are all unexpected occurrences that we could do without. All of those were personal real-life examples, by the way. But there are a fair amount of good surprises, too. Someone throws a party in your honor. Unusually warm weather in a usually cold month. A close friend or family member drops in for an unplanned visit. Cookies or pie or cashews or chocolates are dropped off at your office. Good surprises are the best. Those were also all personal real-life examples, so thank you for supporting my love of sweets and snacks and feeding your pastor all the time. (laughs) In our lives, we like to feel like we are in control. We use our calendars to plan our days and weeks, meetings and appointments that will happen at a certain time and place, a commute that will take a certain amount of time. We care for our houses and try to clean each week. We practice skills that we hope to get better at. We try our best to maintain order in our lives so our days unfold more or less like we expected them to. And yet, so much of what happens in life is unplanned, unexpected. Stuff we didn't predict or couldn't account for. Life can be downright surprising. We can only control so much, and the rest is a surprise. 
In our gospel lesson, Jesus tells the disciples that no one knows when the Son of Man will return. Only God knows. Even knowing that Christ will return, we have no idea as to when. The unexpected hour is likely going to catch us by surprise. People will be in the fields, milling grain, going about their daily work and chores, sending emails, cooking dinner, walking kids home from the school bus. And then out of nowhere, unexpectedly, Jesus will return. Surprise! Luckily, because we know Jesus, we know that this is a good type of surprise, not the bad kind. And just to quickly review last week's sermon, God is love, Christ is king, and so that helps us to know that scripture is good news. And yet, Jesus frankly could have done a better job of framing this return as good news. First, he compares the situation to right before the flood, when only Noah's family knew what was about to happen. Then he says there will be two in the field and one will be taken up. There will be two milling grain and one will be taken up. Both of these things feel a little ominous, even though it's unclear whether you want to be the one still around or the one taken up. Finally, Jesus uses the metaphor that the Son of Man will come like a thief in the night. And if the homeowner had only known the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake. But no one knows when a thief is coming, and so the house is broken into. None of this sounds reassuring to me. Is this a comfort to those under Roman oppression, hoping very much that Christ's return will be any day now? Is this a challenge to stay unnaturally awake and alert even though we were created to need rest? Is this a call to action, like the homeowner who would have done something differently had he known a thief was coming? Is this a call to live differently? Whatever Jesus is doing here, he's got our attention. In confirmation class, we sometimes end our classes with highs, lows, and God moments. Now, something that's something great that happened, something not so great, and then any way that you're seeing God at work in your life. In this practice, we get to know about one another and build relationships. We get to find out what brings each other joy also what's causing trouble in our lives. The God moments do this too, but they do something else as well. See, at the beginning of confirmation, it's hard for most students to come up with a God moment. It's just not a question that you get asked a lot, so you're not used to answering it. But then, over the course of the year, it's easier and easier to come up with that God moment. Knowing that you'll be asked to share one helps you keep your eyes out for one. Maybe something small happens during the week and you think, oh good, now I have something to share with Pastor Sarah when she bugs me for a God moment. 
So these words from Jesus in today's gospel, maybe they're meant to comfort, maybe they are meant to challenge, but maybe they are just meant to help the disciples keep their eyes open for God, to see their lives and the world around them in a new way, always looking for God and what God is up to. When I was living in New Haven, there was a terrible snowstorm that completely shut down the small city. It was in February 2013. I think it was Winter Storm Nemo. And we were truly snowed in for the first part of that day, the door leaving our apartment building unable to open because the snow was so high. We lost heat and hot water for part of the storm, too. But luckily, it came back on fairly quickly. We delighted in having our classes canceled for the day. We played Dance Dance Revolution and drank hot chocolate. But then we got the call to action. See, we were divinity school students, after all, and many of us had internships at different local churches. And during the winter months, there was a rotating overflow homeless shelter that moved among participating churches from week to week. Church members would provide the meal and company each evening. But none of the scheduled volunteers could serve the meal that night because anyone relying on a car couldn't get to the church. The roads were still impassable. But we weren't too far away, less than a mile. We could put on our boots and bundle up in winter gear and walk to the church. Even uh, enough last-minute volunteers were found that the meal did come together. And that evening, we sat around the table, let the warm soup fill our bellies. We thawed out from the walk through the snow. And all of us were equally thankful to be inside, away from the storm. And as we ate, I learned how many of the men were employed by the city of New Haven and that they had been out all day long driving plows and shoveling snow from the sidewalks. We played checkers and scrabble after dinner. The men showed us pictures of their grandkids from the holidays. And I just think about what a God moment that night was. The snowstorm interrupted every plan that every person had that day. We ended up sharing a meal with neighbors we had never met before. Learning that these people who we only knew as homeless were hard-working people who had been serving their community all day long. We shared stories of our families, and we played games. And even the walk to and from school felt magical, just taking in the views of the quiet, snow-stilled city. God surprised us by showing up in a blizzard. God moments often take us by surprise, even when we're looking for them. Holding the hand of a dying loved one, seeing a child's drawing that shows many people holding hands in a circle, 
taking a walk on a trail that quiets your worries, hearing your favorite hymn and feeling the peace that it brings you each time, looking for God, it becomes obvious that God is all over the place in moments that should be sad but become holy, in moments that seem little but are significant, in moments that seem ordinary but can be life-changing. We have a God who loves to surprise us. And that's what this season is all about. God, the most powerful, came into our world, not as a mighty king, but as a tiny, fragile baby. Jesus led the disciples to places that they had never traveled to and performed miracles that demonstrated God's power and God's love. Jesus defeated death by dying on a cross. See, Jesus is preparing the disciples for how surprising a life-serving God can be, as surprising as a thief in the night. The Advent season is one of waiting and watching, anticipating Jesus' birth and Christ's return. It's our annual reminder to pay attention to stay awake to the world around us and alert to what God is doing, to look for God moments in every moment. Because even though we know the Christmas story, it can surprise us just the same. We never know what God is going to do next. Amen.